This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching at this time, and we want to thank you for taking the time to view Getting to Know Your Bible. We no doubt have those watching for the first time. We want to welcome you today. Now today on our telecast, we're going to be discussing God's way, the best way. And our theme is the best way to build a strong family. What's the best way? I hope that you'll stay tuned today. Now on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible course. And I emphasize this Bible correspondence course is free. We have people from all over the United States, in all 50 states, and in many, many foreign countries that are studying this Bible course along with us. We hope that you will avail yourself of the opportunity to receive the free course. Now, we're going to pause so you can learn more about the course and how to receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read today from an Old Testament passage I'm going to be reading out of the sixth chapter of Deuteronomy, beginning in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. We're talking today about God's way, the best way to build a strong family. And we may wonder, why is God's way the best way? Well, one of the main reasons that God's way is the best way to build a strong family is because He is the one who made the home in the very beginning. He took a rib from the side of the first man, and from that rib He made a woman. And when she was presented to the man, he said, This is now bone of my bone, and flesh of my flesh, and she be, shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, shall be joined to his wife, and, and they too shall be one flesh. Surely if God made the home, he, he should know more about it than anyone else. And yet sometimes we want to consult people who know absolutely nothing about it as to, what we need to do in the home today. God's way is the best way to build a strong family because God made the home. 
Another reason that God's way is the best way is because He's so much superior to man. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are His ways and our ways and our th- His thoughts and our thoughts. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. Another reason that God's way is the best way to build a strong family is because one day you and I will have to give an account to God of what we have done in the family. There's a time coming when all people will give an account of themselves to God, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 10, and we will answer to God for what we have done as fathers and husbands and wives and mothers in the family. Young people will have to give an answer to God for what they've done as as children in the family. You see, God's way is the best way. And I know that His way is the best way because God has our best interests at heart. As He said to His people in the long ago, He he loves us with an everlasting love. And God wants what's best for us. But I want you to think about the condition of the home in America today. The family is in crisis mode. The home is collapsing. It may well be that those who are older in America today have seen the the best years of the American family. You've seen the golden years. What will our children see when, when we are gone? What will our children see as far as the home is concerned when, uh, when they are older people? And what are we going to leave them? We, we need to return to God and we need to return to God's outlook on the family because God's way is the best way. Look at the landscape of the home in American life today. The the family is not just changing. The family is deteriorating. The family is crumbling. There are those who have made decisions that have been calculated to undermine the family. And there are decisions that have been made in recent years that have done more to undermine family life than anything done perhaps in the last 50 years. What happens when nations forget God? Well, Solomon said righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And it was in Psalms 9:17 that we are reminded that the wicked shall be turned into hell and all of the nations that forget God. So the home is changing today. Less than 70% of people in America believe in God. Now let me qualify that. Of those 30 years old and younger, less than 70% believe in God. The figure that I have, uh, I have seen is 68% of those 30 years old and younger say now they believe in a higher power. You see, our nation is illiterate when it comes to God. And it goes without saying that Satan is on a mission. And the mission is to destroy the home. There's been an increase in single-parent families. And may I say, first of all, there are those that may be single parents through no fault of their own. But in 1950, only 7% of the homes of America were considered to be single-parent homes. Now that figure has risen to 38%. 
there has been an increase in cohabitation. That is, people just living together without the benefit of marriage. In 1960, less, there were less than 500,000 people in America that were cohabitating. Now that figure has risen to 7.5 million. In addition to that, there has been an, a change or an increase in the homosexual lifestyle. In 1950, 97% of the people in America said that they were heterosexual. Now that figure is 85%. There has also been a decline in those who want to be married. In 1970, 71% of the people said they wanted to be married. But in 2011, that figure had dropped to 49%. There's also a change in where children are born. 50% of children that are born in the United States are born outside marriage. There's also an increase in violence in the home. Uh, three women and one man are murdered every day in the home. Between 8 and 10 million children witness violence in the home today. You know, it, it just seems quite obvious that what we're doing just doesn't work. It's just not working, so there must be a better way. And there is a better way than broken homes and handicapped children. That there is a way that's better than violence and abortion and cohabitation and abuse and, and just outright contempt for God and for the Bible. Re remember this. God's way is best. It has always been best. Now, what is God's way to build a strong family? Here's God's way. There should be two in the home, a man and a woman. When God created man in the beginning, he made them male and female. Jesus quoted that in Matthew chapter 19, that he made them in the beginning male and female. Man and woman. When Paul wrote about marriage in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 2, he said every man should have his own wife. Every wife should have her own husband. God's way. There should be two in the home. God's way is that the home should be for the purpose of giving birth to children. After the flood, the Lord said to Noah and his family, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That's God's way. It's the place where children are to be brought into the world. God's way is that the home should be a place of companionship. God saw in the beginning that it was not good for the man to be alone, to be without a companion. And thus God created for man a companion that was suitable for him. And one of the most beautiful pictures in all the world is to see a couple that are walking toward the sunset of life, hand in hand, been married 40, 50, 60, sometimes 70 or more years, God's way is there be a place of companionship in the home. And then God's way is that marriage also would be for pleasure. In Hebrews 13 and chapter, uh, chapter 13 and verse 4, 
the, uh, the writer says that marriage is honorable and the bed is undefiled. I'd encourage you to read the first five verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 17, uh, 7 to find out some things that Paul has to say about the physical relationship between a man and his wife. The wife is not to defraud her husband, and the husband is not to defraud his wife in that regard. Now, God's way is that this union is to be a pure union. In Ephesians 5, in verse 25, there Paul said, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, they might present it to himself a glorious church. In talking about marriage, Paul talked about uh, a husband and a wife. And that relationship is to be a pure relationship. When he talked about the church, he talked about it using the figure of a marriage. One husband, that's Christ. One bride, that's the church. And there, there has to be a pure union between the two. At no time does an, is an individual justified in destroying the marriage vows and neglecting the marriage vows with pure impurity. God's way, this union is to be pure. And God's way is that this it marriage is for the prevention of sin. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 2, the Bible says, nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, every wife her own husband. It's for the prevention of sin. And God's way is this is to be a permanent relationship. And His way's best. Nowadays, people get married and divorced for almost any reason at all. Someone came to me one day and they wanted to know if they could divorce their husband because he wouldn't brush his teeth and take a bath. And my answer was, absolutely not. That's not grounds to put away. There's only one grounds for putting away one's companion, according to Matthew 19 and verse 9, and that is for impurity or adultery in that relationship. This is to be a permanent relationship. In Matthew 19 and verse 6, Jesus said, What God had joined together, let not man put asunder. In Romans 7, chapter, Paul said that a woman is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if he be dead, she's loose from the law of her husband. So you're bound till death. God's way is this is to be a permanent relationship. Being married is not child's play. And we see things that come out of the Hollywood scene where they're together for a while and they're really not married. They're just living together and, and uh, then they break up and they get with someone else and they break up with that when they get someone else. And after a while, we may begin to think that that's, that's the way it ought to be. But God's way is a different way. This is to be a permanent relationship. Now, God has the perfect plan for building a family. And I read to you earlier from Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. And in Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, we have God's way to build a strong family. Now, we know what God wants, how God wants it to be. And I want you to notice some of the things that are said 
in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and beginning in verse number 4. In verse 4 he says, Hear, O Israel. Now this verse is the celebrated Shema, the, the basic confession of faith in Judaism. And it is to love God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then verse 5 says you're to love the Lord your God. But he said, uses the word here. The word here is the Hebrew word for, is, is, and for Shema. That is, that is what the word is. And they must hear and they must obey. And herein lies the, the basic fault of modern man. They just don't hear God. But Moses said, hear, O Israel, listen to God. Listen to God. You have to hear and you have to obey. That is, you must respond properly to God. But modern man refuses to hear. Modern man refuses to obey. But if we want to do it God's way, first of all, we must be willing to hear. And then he says, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. And that indicates the relationship that they have with God. He didn't say the Lord your God, the Lord our God. He is our God. There was a personal relationship that they had with God. And they had, uh, he had saved them from slavery. He guided them in the wilderness. He gave them his law. And he loved them. He was their God. So Moses said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord our God. And he was about to give them a home. That is, he was going to take them into Canaan land. But you know, now, when men use the name of God, they're not saying, The Lord our God, the Lord is one but rather they use His name in a rather vain way. But then Moses said, The Lord is one. There is only one God. One God. We live in a pluralistic society. And what I mean by that, that there are people who believe that you have your way, I have my way. You have your God, I have my God. Somebody else has their God. But there's only one God. And He's the God who is above all, through all, and in you all. One God. The God who in the very beginning created the heavens and the earth. And all things therein. One Lord. One God. And then He says, You're to love the Lord you're God. You love Him. Our society, which is basically a self-centered society, has a hard time loving God. They have a hard time. Because you see, loving God requires hearing God and obeying God. 1 John 5 and 3 says, This is the love of God that we keep His commandments. 
Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 15. Love the Lord your God. This is so basic to having a, a home that, that will last. A home that, that the way that God wants it to be. He said, you need to love God in the home. But I fear that we become so self-centered that we have no time for loving God because we love ourselves too much. But then he says, The words which I commanded you this day shall be in your heart, and you teach them diligently to your children. It's a tremendous blunder to leave the Word of God out of child-rearing. We, we to, we're to have the Word of God, first of all, in our heart. It's a very difficult thing to teach what you do not know. It's a very difficult thing to teach to someone else what you do not practice. Teach them diligently to your children. But the first place the Word of God should be is in the heart of the father and in the heart of the mother. And then he said, talk of them. Talk of them when you sit in your house, when you're walking by the way. Talk, of, talk about the Word of God when you lie down. Talk about the Word of God when you rise up. It should be just as normal to read and to study and to meditate on the Word of God in your home as it is to eat and sleep. He said there's no time in your family that you don't need to, to, to be centered around the Word of God. Can you imagine? Can you begin to imagine what a difference it would make in the homes of America if we would focus our attention not on ourselves, but on God and His Word, God's way's best. And then he said, the, the things that I've taught you, he said, they're going to be as a sign upon your hand and they're going to be frontlets between your eyes. It became a Jewish custom, custom to wear these instructions. They, they would wear them on their clothing. And the Word of God should be close to the mind and to the heart of of us at all times in our lives. It ought to be a part of our lives. And then Moses said, write them on the doorpost of your house. The, the, the Jewish custom was to attach a small vessel to the doorpost called a mezuzah. And inside this small box were those words from Deuteronomy chapter 6. You couldn't walk through the door coming or going, without being reminded about God. We have removed God in so many ways from society. I saw recently that there's a coin that's being minted, part of our money. And from that coin have been eliminated those words, in God we trust. We're eliminating God little by little from our society. But, but suppose that our society were to become totally pagan. 
you can still have God in your home. It may not be a popular thing to do, but you can still have Him in your home. God's way, friend, is the best way. Some of you that are watching right now tried other ways. How, how's it working out for you? You've tried leaving God out of your life. How, how's that working out? You, you've tried doing things that you know that are a violation of common sense. How's that working out for you? I'm not going to stand here and tell you that if you do what the Bible says that you'll never have another problem because, in fact, you will have. But you'll have God on your side to help you through and with that problem. God's way is the best way. God's way is the best way for your soul. And if you've done what God wants you to do to have your soul saved, your soul needs to be saved. Let me tell you a reason your soul needs to be saved is because of its value. Jesus asked, what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You see, your soul is valuable. It needs to be saved. Don't be lost. It's not necessary to be lost because you can be saved by just doing God's way. Jesus said, He that believeth, that is, believes the gospel that is to be preached to the world, the good news, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. It's just simple. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You now know enough to be saved. If you believe in Jesus and you're willing to confess your faith in Him as a penitent believer in Christ, you can be baptized into Christ. God's way is the best way. Now, I know men have their ways, but I want God's way. I want to do what the Lord Jesus Christ said and not what some man might say. Oh, I know people try to explain uh, passages of Scripture away because they have their own concept of what it ought to mean. But Jesus just meant what he said. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Coming to Faulkner has been one of the best decisions of my life. Not only have I had the chance to meet many great professors, but I've had the chance to be educated by them and become their friends. I had the opportunity to serve the community through Faulkner service programs. I really enjoyed using my talents by helping others. At Fulton University, we seek to educate the whole person, including mind, spirit, and soul. That's what makes us different. Visit our website today to see what Faulkner has for you. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles. <laughs>